I will be preaching, Lord willing, uh, tonight, uh, today, and next Sunday. And I want to uh, uh, gather together our thoughts, particularly from uh, Isaiah 53. And um, this morning we're going to be looking at uh, one section of Isaiah 53, and then, Lord willing, next week in the latter part of that chapter. Perhaps we can pray just before we begin. Father, as we submit ourselves to you and to your word, we would ask that that you would help us to know what we do not know and that you would give to us what we do not have and that what we are not, Father, that you, by your grace, would make us. Uh, This is our prayer, and it's in the strong name of the Lord Jesus that we pray. Amen. We know that Isaiah chapter 53 is speaking about the Lord Jesus. There are some individuals, some scholars who would dispute that, but it's very clear that um, Isaiah 53 is talking about the Lord Jesus. There is a, a whole hermeneutic which basically is a, the idea of Scripture uh, being uh, understood by Scripture. And the passage that uh, Mrs. Fisher read for us uh, put it in context for us. Here we are in uh, Acts Acts chapter 8. There is uh, the man who was the minister of finance from the country of Ethiopia, what had been to Jerusalem, the Bible tells us that he was there to worship, but he was also obviously on some special uh, detail. And while he was there, uh, he became uh, in contact with one of Isaiah's scrolls, which in itself was an absolute uh, uh, piece of amazement. Because you didn't simply go to the Bible bookstore in Jerusalem and buy part of a scroll. Um, the Jews uh, would, would have prized the actual scrolls that they had to the point that when they had finished using them and they were, they were rather broken and whatever, uh, they would not throw them away. They always had them in a cupboard that was specially designed for the uh, parchments that were left. And somehow this man ended up with one of Isaiah's scrolls. And he's in his chariot along with his entourage. And Philip, that, that godly deacon evangelist, um, is, is constrained by the Spirit of God to go out into the middle of nowhere and to join with this Ethiopian uh, minister of finance who was reading Isaiah's scroll and Philip 
is there with him, and then the, the gentleman says, oh, I'm, I'm reading, and, and Isaiah said, well, do you know who you're, who you're reading about? And he said, well, no, I, 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 don't, I don't know who it is. And so Philip was able to take him to Isaiah 53, to that particular passage, and I love what the scriptures say. He brought them to Jesus. There's no question that Isaiah 53 is a prophecy concerning the Lord Jesus. So, scripture into scripture interprets itself. And so, there's no question, I believe, that Isaiah 53 is talking about the Lord Jesus. And so we discover that um, in this particular passage, and we're turning now to Isaiah 53, we, we discover that there are some things that were zeroed in in terms of this Ethiopian. And, and let me just add one other thing, too. Um, there's some discussion as to how did, how did he get from Isaiah 53 to being baptized? I mean, what, was he a Baptist or what was going on here? No. Uh, uh, Philip had spent time with him. I don't think it's a stretch to say that it wasn't just a five-minute contact that he had with him. He spent time with him. And, and in the... In, in the context of, of, I have, of the passage, in, um, we discover that uh, he made a commitment to Christ. And that commitment was verified by the fact that he understood what he needed to do in obedience to what had already taken place in his life, that he was a believer in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, particularly in the passage that we're going to look at from verses 4 to 9, we discover some ideas concerning the suffering servant of Christ. The suffering servant of Christ. I do have a text that uh, is in a, a picture, actually. It's in, uh, in my office. I don't look for it now because my office is absolutely bare. Uh, it looks more like a cell than anything, but uh, you will find it there. As a child, I was actually four years old, all right? Four years old. Um, the church that uh, we attended in Belfast was called the Orangefield Baptist Church. And I was there when I was four years old. I received a a text, uh, a picture uh, for perfect attendance. That was about the only perfect thing that was about it in, 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 my, life, in my life at uh, age four. I, I actually remember very clearly because I got this, this, this uh, nice, I, I realize now it's a very good uh, text um, and nice picture, but my three sisters, my three sisters, who are all older than I am, uh, also received their certificates. But you know what they got? Cadbury chocolates. 
I remember I was absolutely ripped. <laughs> All I got was this, but my dear mother, I'm not sure if she had engineered this or not, the text was God himself in, in uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Christ died for the ungodly. Uh, that was a very prominent spot on my bedroom for a long time. And it still is in my office. It's it, it really does bring to us the essence of what Isaiah 53 is talking about. Christ died for the ungodly. We discover in uh, Isaiah 53 just in terms of the substitutionary death of Christ, in verse 4, for instance, he took up our pain and bore our sufferings, our sufferings. In verse 5, he was pierced for our iniquities or our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. The, per, the punishment that was bought, brought, for, uh, brought us uh, peace um, was, bought, was on him, he himself. In chapter 53, again in verse, in verse 12, he was numbered with the oppressors and he himself bore himself to us, for us. Substitution, basically in its essence, is simply to take the place of someone or something. Just a couple of weeks ago, the steam, steam camp uh, here at the church did some really interesting things. Uh, I, I was not directly involved with it, but I was sort of in and out. And one of the things that they did was to build bridges. And I have one of them here. This is not one particularly that uh, one of the children uh, made, but it was one that uh, one of the uh, engineers uh, of our group built. And it's made out of uh, popsicle sticks. The idea was that, uh, as I see it, anyhow, that the kids would build a bridge and then would actually, someone would sit on it to find out how, how well it had been built. This one, I understand, someone sat on it. And uh, you can tell that it, was still in good shape. I did not the one, I'm not the one who sat on it, all right? Uh, but uh, the idea was that uh, they would understand that um, between, between a, an, a holy God and a uh, man, an individual, who was apart from God, that there was someone who who act as a substitute for them to bring them from 
who they were to what uh, they, uh, th that God has created for them. And so it was a bridge that was a substitute for them. I'm just going to put this down before I break it, although the individual said I could sit on it after if I wanted to. We discover in Isaiah 53 that just as, just as surely as, the, um, as there was a, uh, an act, an actual uh, cross, that there was an actual body in, if, of Jesus, that there was an actual death, and that there was an actual tomb, and that there was an actual blood, and that there was an actual resurrection. So there is also an actual substitutionary death that Jesus took. It was not just that it was a potential for us. He actually, he actually did what we could not do. He gave himself for us. But why was that such a, a crucial thing for us to recognize? Well, we discover that substitution uh, takes seriously the sinfulness of sin. Now, friends, I'm going to ask you to put your seatbelts on for a little while. Because this is not particularly a, a God loves me and has a wonderful plan for your life message. I, I, I sometimes feel that within evangelicalism today, we, 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 we tend to not fully articulate what the gospel is about. But Isaiah tells us that the Lord Jesus himself took himself for us, not because we were good people. And as Isaiah is going to point out to us, we were not good people at all. First of all, Isaiah says that there was a broken law. This is the meaning of the word transgressions in verse 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. What is a transgression? Well, it simply means that we have broken the law. Anybody ever broken the law? Other than my wife? No? <laughs> my wife is perfect in that area. There's no, there, there's no trespass there. We have, we have broken the law. We, we, have, we have stepped over the law or stepped over the line as people. We've, we, have, we have missed the mark. Romans 3.23, a verse that all of us know. For all, for all have sinned and 
have fallen short of the glory of God. Several years ago, Lois and I uh, served as a camp, at a camp on camp on Vancouver Island. Uh, one of the activities there was uh, archery. And uh, one of the individuals who was an, uh, an archery expert was very frustrated because the children who were like nine, 10 years old were never really hitting the mark. So I said to him, why don't we just move the mark down a little bit closer so that they can at least hit the target a little bit? And he said, no, 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 we can't do that because according to regulations, it's got to be so. And I thought, wow, what, a, what an example that is in terms of what God has done for us. Lots of people want to simply change the rules in order that they can somehow be better equipped uh, to, to glorify God. Friends, we can't do that. His law is law. And the, 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 the fact that, that has happened to us is that we have fallen short of the glory of God. Second thing that the uh, Isaiah speaks about is a twisted character. In verse 5 again, he was crushed for our iniquities. The word iniquity means literally to be crooked, to be crooked. The psalmist says often, uh, says a lot about this in Psalm 40, verse 12. We're not going to look at it, but Psalm 40 and verse 12 speaks about just how crooked we we are. There's a a shattered peace again in verse 5. The punishment that uh, brought us peace was upon him. Again, Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 22 There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. No peace. No peace. People are looking for peace today, are they not? I I say to you, if you're here today and you're looking for peace, not just pleasure, but peace, you will never, ever find it other than in a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the great peacemaker. He is the one who has brought us to the Father and has given to us a sense of peace. A gaping wound, again in verse 5, And by his wounds, we are healed. 
Isaiah has already spoken of this in, uh, in, in Isaiah chapter uh, uh, 1 and verse 56. Uh, why, why, do you, why do you persist in, in rebellion? You, you, you who he uh, uh, has uh, injured you. Uh, and he says to uh, Isaiah, uh, to the children of Israel, you, it, it's like you have a gaping, gaping wound. Uh, you, you are absolutely uh, uh, with, uh, undone in terms of, of any sense of uh, looking after yourself and finding uh, some kind of uh, a relationship with a God who is holy and how you as an individual is, is full of sin. A wayward life in verse 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We are sinners by birth. We are sinners by choice. We are sinners. You say, Pastor, I, I, I'm looking for some encouragement this morning. I, I don't like it when you, when you tell me I'm a sinner. Uh, I, I, I need to tell you, friends, that's what the Bible says. Apart from Christ, apart from the atonement of Christ, apart from his substitutionary death, there is no hope. There is no hope. Substitution takes seriously the sacrifice of Christ. We discover in the scriptures that throughout the scriptures, substitutionary, the substitutionary death of Christ is, is prefigured or is prophesied in terms of what would take place. And while it's, it, it's, it's not good news in terms of who we are, it is good news about what Christ has done for us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, the Apostle Paul writes these words. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. My friends, the Apostle Paul there is speaking about Abraham and the sacrifice that was offered Abraham and his son. And at the last moment, God himself said no, and he spared his son Abraham, but 
Friends, he did not spare his own son. He gave it, gave him up for us. Does that mean that everyone will end up in heaven? No. No. I say to you this morning that his atonement is sufficient for the whole world, but it is efficient only for those who believe. If you look at Matthew chapter, chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14, you discover there that there is a narrow gate. There are lots of people who, who have the idea that there is a broad gate, and there is. And the Lord Jesus said, there are many people who find their way through the broad, but it's, it's a few people who find their way through the narrow gate, which is the way of the Lord Jesus, the way of the cross. We discover that the Lord Jesus himself gave, gave himself for us because the sinless Savior died my guilty soul is counted free, for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. My friends, as we gather together at the Lord's table today, I want us to remember that the penalty for our sin has been paid in full. We also need to discover that the power of sin that is still there in the world in which we live, the power of, 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 of dealing with that sin is, is present with us by the Spirit of God so that we are, we, are, we are spared from the penalty of our sin and we are working through the power of sin that will be always be with us but there is a day in which we will be in the presence of Christ and that will be glory when we see him as we gather together at the Lord's table today I want to conclude with a, a, a just a, an excerpt from Pilgrim's Progress. If you've never read Pilgrim's Progress, I say please do that. It's one of the greatest pieces of literature other than the scriptures that you can read. Christian, in, this, in, the, in the book, Christian is heading to the celestial city. And he comes at the beginning of his journey and he comes to the cross and here's what he says. Thus far have I come, must here 
the burden fall from off my back, must hear the strings that bound me crack. Blessed cross, blessed sepulcher, blessed rather he, the one who was put to death for me.